You're listening to the Seahawks Insiders. Russell takes the snap, steps up in the pocket, looks, has time. Now he's going to throw. Tyler Lockett looks for the ball. He's got it. Touchdown, Seahawks! Getting you ready for Seahawks football every Sunday. The handoff inside to Carson, starts up the middle, now bounces it across the line. He's in. Touchdown, Seahawks! Powered by Seahawks.com. We certainly wish we would have heard more of that on Tuesday in L.A. The Seahawks not managing to get enough points to get past the Rams in a crazy game. Kind of odd. So many different odd storylines in a crazy week. And now the turnaround happens where the Seahawks are hosting the Bears Sunday on just four days of rest. Jen Mueller and John Boyle with you, as always, for Seahawks. Insiders, John Boyle, I put on my Santa shirt. Not that anybody listening to the podcast can see it, but it makes me feel a little bit festive today. It does make it just a little more festive. I'm sorry I'm just in my usual Seahawks hoodie and not festive at all. I wish you would have planned ahead. I I should have. Nobody told me we were doing festive today. Now, since we are working from home today, I know that you're just dialed into press conferences and podcasts and game prep. But if you had a holiday movie playing in the background, one that you would just play like on repeat on a loop, what would it be? Um, I would go with, let's see. Big, I'm a big fan of Elf. Christmas Vacation is really good. I do really like Love Actually, although the more you watch that as we get older and maybe get a little more uh, considered as a society, you realize there's some really problematic relationships in that movie. But it is still a really fun Christmas movie and funny and I enjoy it. So those are probably the three off the top of my head. I do. My wife and I do also really enjoy the super cheesy, predictable like Hallmark. And then Netflix has gotten into that game, too, of just it's so obvious what's going to happen from the first five minutes. And two people, there's some conflict. They don't like each other. Maybe one of them's trying to buy out the other person's Christmas themed business. Who knows what it is, but <laughs> They always They're trying to out bake them at the bake sale. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, it's just, it's so formatic, but it's, they're just fun. They're good. Just brainless. Like we finally got the kids to bed. Let's have a glass of wine and watch a really cheesy movie. I have a confession. I have never once watched love actually. Oh, it's good. Like I said, I some know. of the, some of the relationships is, you know, you get older, you're like, these are a little cringy, but some bad power That's- dynamics and things like that. And as we get older, I've seen this meme a few different times. You also understand why the Grinch wanted to live alone with his dog. Like, yeah, sure. I kind yeah. there's there are some things that just become clearer focus. Oh my goodness, it's the holiday spirit. Well, we are creating the holiday spirit because I'm not sure that we have felt that with the Seahawks this year. And and sadly, John, you know, I didn't think that this was going to be the storyline, but you talk about problematic and predictable storylines. Unfortunately, the Seahawks and their offense have fallen into some of those same patterns. Players that you expect to be producing at a certain level just aren't able to do that. Pete Carroll talking about what's happening with Russ and why we aren't seeing that same level of productivity and uh, output from him this year. You know, I, I think it's all of it. It's everything that goes along with it. We got to we got to be better in all phases is the first thing. And it's not just one guy. Um, but uh, I, I know that it took Russ. It took Russ time to get back after the time off, you know, and, and uh, wasn't quite the same. And he could still play and do well and do lots of things. But he just had to work his way through it. Um, I think it's a little bit of everything, you know. We gotta we gotta be better in all ways, you know. But uh, I think it's been a challenge in that regard, you know, physically. 
Yeah, it's been troubling because, you know, as you said, it's not what you would expect coming in the year. Of We had a lot more concerns about the defense than the offense. And now you look at, you know, if you look at they've held, I think it's like eight of their last nine opponents under 23 points or something like or 23 or fewer. Like coming in the season, you think you should win damn near every one of those games. And look, there's the injury. Russ wasn't the same when he got back. This one was a little more troubling because he looked pretty darn good the previous two weeks. You're thinking he's back to his usual self. He's making those big throws, hitting Tyler Lockett, and then the offense just fell really flat. So, I mean, obviously Rams always give them trouble, so you got to give them some credit. But this has just been a tough go for this offense for Russell Wilson. And you start to wonder, okay, like, you know, it's kind of funny because, well, I don't know, funny is the word fans would think. But, you know, he comes back. He says he's feeling okay. And they won't use injury as an excuse, but then the further into it we get, it's okay. Well, it was affecting him clearly. I mean, we all see it now, but um, you know, you start to wonder, is he all the way back? Where's he at with the finger health wise? And, you know, they obviously need him to perform if this offense is going to be what it can be. Well, and then the question comes into play of, did things get worse because he played with that finger a little bit too early? And it's hard not to have a little bit of revisionist history or to think if this, then that, and that's not the way sports works, right? It's easy to go back and say, well, if he just wouldn't have played for those two to three to four weeks, then this would be a different season. You don't know that for sure, but John, I'm struggling with a word to describe Russell's season this year. It is the first losing season of his career as a Seahawks. It's the first time the Seahawks are going to have a losing record since 2011 and I don't know the word outside of maybe inconsistent yeah which is I mean, something I never thought I would say yeah I, I think that's the best word I mean we've seen any player any quarterback is going to have some ups and downs throughout a season but it's been much more pronounced this year and again I mean I think the finger is the main reason the injury not just the injury itself but the time off as well he's a guy that's never missed time during the season and to be out for a month as you know messes up his rhythm and everything else so it's you know inconsistent is probably the best word for it and you know i don't you know i'm not buying into all these criticisms of all of a sudden he isn't a good quarterback and you hear these fans that think that he's a big problem i i really think this is a sort of a short term coming back from the injury and the effects of it but it's been it's been a tough go for him in this offense But what's the hard question to ask here? And I know that I'm putting you on the hot seat. And I know that what we're really going to do is break down this matchup against the Bears in just a minute. But I think some of the consternation coming from fans is, has the offense or has Russ adapted enough to the current skill set that he has? Right? So, like, we know he likes to throw that deep ball. If the finger's an issue, shouldn't we be seeing something different than that? Or if I flip this around, if that's what he's more comfortable throwing, is this his effort to get back into the flow of things? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot there. And it's, you know, I again, I think the finger is a big part of it. But we're talking about, you know, an offense that under a different coordinator struggled through the second half of last year. They made a change. They've had some issues that aren't just the finger injury. I mean, but Russell was leading the league in passer rating before he got hurt. So it's not like he forgot how to play quarterback. I, I do think they need to find a way to kind of make it all work cl- more cleanly for him and the offense and all. It just, it hasn't looked right for a lot of this year. It just hasn't looked in sync. And I don't think we can point just to an injury for that. I just think they need to figure out a way to kind of get everybody on the same page better and, and figure out 
how to make this work. Because when it has looked good in stretches, it's looked great, but they just haven't been able to maintain it for a long stretch. And let's also point out that he was without Tyler Lockett in the game against yeah. the Rams because of COVID protocols. And DK Metcalf, while on the field, look, if he doesn't have Tyler Lockett, especially when you've got Jalen Ramsey and the way that the Rams play, it's really hard to keep guys off of him. But even then, DK hasn't been at 100%, as Pete reminds us. He has, he has a foot that has bothered him all year, yeah. And for the more of once we got rolling, and he does not practice, uh, he's not able to practice on a normal regimen. And there's no question that, that for any player, it, 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 you know, it upsets your process when, you know, your learning process and all that. You just got to try to overcome it. And uh, that's just, I don't know that you guys have realized it, but there, he has missed a lot of practice, you know, and he's made walk, some walkthroughs and he gets a, a day a week. And that's, um, yeah, that's challenging to any player. As Pete just said, it's a lot of weeks has been one day a week, and this has been most of the season. It, it went back, I forget which week this started, but it's been going on since early where, you know, he's missed at least one, if not two days, maybe been limited on one of those days. So it is hard to, you know, even though he's three years in and he's worked with Russ a lot, it's hard to be at your best on game day when you're not getting those practice reps. Uh, I will say, though, I know there's been a lot of consternation about DK not getting the ball and his numbers and all that. And obviously they want to get him the ball more, but it's worth pointing out, it, you know, this is not like a DK not playing well issue. I mean, it, if Russ hits, if Russ doesn't get hit on one throw and if he just doesn't underthrow one, DK might have two 50 plus yard touchdowns in that game. I mean, he, he beat Jalen Ramsey pretty good deep twice. Once turned into a weird completion of Gerald Everett where Russell Wilson got hit. And the other one we saw was that underthrown ball that, Ramsey was able to recover so it'd be a lot different story about DK's game if he has two long touchdowns but it has been a tough go for DK just in terms of he's had been able to be on the practice field all season well and you're going to need those guys to get in sync for this week because it is tempting to look at the Bears and their four and ten record and think that this is going to be an easy game John I don't know if you realize it I watched that Monday night game against the Vikings, but I wasn't really looking at the numbers very closely. The Bears held the Vikings to a season low 193 total yards, 13 first downs, 87 passing yards by Kirk Cousins. That is the lowest of his career. And oh, by the way, they did this while missing four starting DBs that were all on the COVID list. This isn't a team that you can overlook, John. No, I mean, they've they've always been a really good defensive team just about every year, year in, year out, and they're doing it again. They've got, you know, they've struggled a lot, especially on offense. They've turned the ball over way too much, and that's a big reason why they're 4-10 and 10 right now. But this is not a team you can take lightly at all, as you said. And, you know, they're bringing in some, some big names. Robert Quinn is having a huge bounce-back year. Seahawks fans remember him well from his Rams days, and, oh, he's just got 16 sacks. Yeah, well, and he's in that same conversation as the guys that we've been talking about all year, Von Miller, Chandler Jones, J.J. Watt, Aaron Donald, 98.5 career sacks. He is just as dangerous as any of those guys. You talk about Chicago's turnovers, 25 this year, 16 of those have been interceptions, nine have been fumbles lost. So you know that there's an opportunity there, but you also know, as we just pointed out, there are a number of Bears players that could cause the Seahawks problems if they don't bring it on Sunday they're having a tough year they, they've had a tough year you know and, and uh, it's been a kind of a long stretch uh, for them um, they're very very fast offensive football team they have explosive players um, the quarterback runs all over the place um, their tailback uh, 
Montgomery is a really good-looking football player. He wears 32. He looks like Chris Carson out there running. Um, they've got real good options with speed uh, on, on the edge. Um, defensively, they've got really good players up front. They can be physical, and they've got, they've, they've got all kind of playmaking there. Um, their season just hasn't, you know, hasn't fallen the way they wanted to. They have a new quarterback, you know, and, and Fields has done a, a, a marvelous job of mixing the threat that he brings. He, he runs really well. He throws on the move well. He makes big plays, and uh, you know, they're just looking for the same kind of consistency that we're looking for. So um, we'll see how it goes. Yeah, I mean, the, the name that Pete brought up a couple times that I think is going to be the one everybody's watching is Justin Fields. He's a guy that has, you know, not put up huge numbers as a, as a rookie and maybe has struggled at times with some of the turnover issues, but just a really dynamic player that in any given weekend can kill a defense. And the Seahawks have not seen, you know, other than Kyler Murray, they've not seen a quarterback with this kind of running ability this season. Well, and there is a little bit of question mark around Fields, whether he'll be able to play on Sunday and if he'll be hampered at all by an ankle injury. He did not finish the game against the Vikings. He did throw for 285 yards. That's the second highest total of the year. If he can't go, then they would be looking to get Andy Dalton off the COVID list because he's been vaccinated. There's a chance that he can come back. If Dalton and Fields can't go, you'd be looking at Nick Foles. He is listed as the backup. He has not played a snap yet for the Bears this year. He did make some starts last season. The Seahawks are familiar with him. That's just like the backup to the backup plan. But when you get back to Justin Fields, here's my question, John. And I'm going to ask this on both sides of the ball. But let's start with defense right here. Because you've got the ability to be dynamic, which player needs to get more involved this week? You know, I'd first point to the pass rush. We've seen throughout the year that's probably been the biggest weak spot on what's been a really good defense. That being said, they were great last week, especially Carlos Dunlap. But if you're looking at, you know, just overall as a position group, I don't know if it's one guy, whether it's saying Dunlap should be that involved again or it's Daryl Taylor getting back into it. I, I don't really care who it is out of that group, but get somebody going again so they can make life difficult on Justin Fields or whoever is a quarterback. And then on the back end of that defense, I mean, Quandre Diggs has been fantastic all year. He's a guy you can count on. He's making a ton of plays starting in the Pro Bowl, which is awesome for him. But let's wait and see what happens at cornerback. Hopefully they can get DJ Reed back from the COVID list. We haven't heard anything on that yet. But if he can't go again or if, you know, knock on wood, if they lose anyone else to COVID, just, you know, keeping those guys they've they've had they've been tested at corner this year they lost Trey Brown they've had a lot of change so whoever's back there I just want to see them step up and let's get an interception out of that group we've yet to see a cornerback interception although I think Sidney Jones did have one but we won't complain about officiating right now but anyway we, <laughs> we, we could use some interceptions out of somebody other than Quandre Diggs there you go. And I'm so glad that you mentioned his name. He and Bobby Wagner are starters in the Pro Bowl. And Pete knows that it's not just what he's done this year, Quandre Diggs, we're talking about. It's really the impact he's made since coming to Seattle. He's been a really steady force. You know, he's been obvious. His hitting, uh, his, his alley play in the running game is really as good as it gets. And he's got he's a real ball hawk. I mean, obviously, that, that was a great open field pick that he had you know big spread field and he saw it coming got a great break on the QB and made it look easy you know um, he's just a really complete football player and he's a very important leader and the guy back there you know calling shots and and directing traffic and all that so he's he's doing everything he really is and it's you know he's got the most tied for the most interceptions by a safety 
in the last two seasons. But as Pete Carroll referenced, one of the things he does so well is the way he comes up and hits guys in the run game, which looking at him, you wouldn't necessarily expect that to be his forte just because he's not the biggest guy back there. But such a physical guy, just a really fun player to watch. And I, it's funny, I went back. It was such a great trade when they made it. You got him for a fifth-round pick. And I think my favorite part about that is it was a fifth-round pick and the Seahawks got a seventh-round pick back. And I feel like I, – I, I wonder if the Lions had just said, we'll do it for a fifth if the Seahawks would have done it. And I feel like John Schneider, maybe just for the fun of it, was like, eh, let's get a seventh back. And they did it. And you know what they did with that seventh round pick? They turned that around and got Carlos Dunlap. So that that trade worked out pretty well for the Seahawks. It did indeed. Um, I asked you for the player who needs to be more involved on defense. I'm going to ask you the player who needs to be more involved on offense before we get our two things that need to happen from the Seahawks to get a win on Sunday. Who needs to be more involved in the offense, John? I mean, being super obvious, I think we just need to see more out of Russell Wilson. I mean, you go back to that last game, and if Russell Wilson just hits a couple more of those throws that he usually hits, it's a totally different game. Um, You know, in terms of just actually more involved in terms of touching the ball more, I'd like to see whether it's Rashad Penny or if Alex Collins is healthy, whoever it is, I'd like to see, you know, there's no knock on Rashad Penny. He ran really hard, and I think he played really well against a good run defense. There just weren't enough opportunities. I'd like to see them get to the run game a little more. Yeah. And I would also shout out DJ Dallas for the way that he ran yeah. in, both, in LA. They were really so nice tough against the good yeah. defense. The numbers yeah. don't look eye popping, but they ran hard. And I would actually throw in there. I'd like to see a little bit more of the tight ends for as much as we have 11 or 12 personnel on the field. You don't see a whole lot of action to them. And I do think that there's some stuff that's open there for them. Mm-hmm. I also think that it is time to get Two things you need to see for a Seahawks win on Sunday. John? Well, I I don't want to be too obvious and keep going back to Russell Wilson. So I'm going to stick with the running game. I want to see 20 carries by running backs. I don't think it's necessarily you go into the game. This is more of a, a cause versus correlation thing. I don't think you go into the game saying we need to hand the ball off 20 times. I think it's more if this offense is working the way it should and you're actually getting the plays you need and the time of possession you need, you're going to get those touches for the running backs and get that run game going. Other side of the ball, let's keep doing what the Bears struggle with and get takeaways. They've turned the ball over a ton. I think they're three straight games with three or more turnovers. So let's get at least two takeaways. And like I said, maybe let's get a cornerback involved in that and get get a pick for, for Sidney Jones or if DJ Reed is back, get one of them involved. But whoever it is, let's get the ball away. Okay, well, you took one of mine on that one. So here's what else I'm going to say. You mentioned pass rush earlier. That offensive line of the Bears has allowed 45 sacks, and there's a question at right tackle. Jermaine Effetti is back, but we don't really know if he's going to be starting. They've also had some COVID issues. So with the questions on the Bears offensive line, I would like to see the Seahawks pass rush tee off a little bit. I know it's hard to predict number of sacks, but if you could get at least two on Justin Fields, I think that would be big. The offensive side of things, I want Seattle to not only get into the red zone, but take advantage. That's something that the Bears have not been able to do. Their red zones Red zone scoring percentage is just at 50%. Seattle's at 65. So get into the red zone and capitalize when you're there. And let's not make this a close one against the Bears. Let's give everybody a nice little Christmas present with a uh, with a definitive win at home. That's what I'm going to say. Sounds good to me. I would love a non-stressful game. I think that would, yes, a non-stressful game for both of us would be great. And here's what else would be great is if we were sipping mimosas next week for our um, our New Year's 
version of the Seahawks Insiders podcast. We'll have to talk about that one offline. We might not be able to get that one approved, but we are proving that this is the end of our podcast this week. We will see you again next time.